You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us for our very first inaugural episode of Worshipology. We're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. And many of these episodes, you're going to hear me interviewing different worship leaders, pastors, and musicians to get their voice and perspective on living and leading a life of worship. Uh, some of these voices, most of them you're going to know or you've heard of before, but some of them, uh, maybe you haven't heard of them before, but they have such valuable insight. And so I can't wait to get into some of the episodes. I'm going to be interviewing uh, pastors like Dustin Smith. You've heard and probably led some of his songs on Sunday mornings. Uh, Chrissy Nordoff, Corey Voss, Matt Podesla, uh, pastors like uh, Mark Batterson, musicians. Uh, It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. But I thought since this is the very first ever episode, uh, I want to give a little bit of backdrop to why we're doing this, what has led me to this part of my journey. Uh, I'm 40, just turned 40 uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I've been leading worship since I was about 13 years old. My dad planted a church in Roanoke, Virginia. And uh, I think because he heard his son singing Disney songs around the house, he must have heard something in there. Uh, And then, of course, free labor, right? I mean, I'm his son, so I had to lead worship. But that really put me on a course uh, that I had no idea at the time would impact the rest of my life. And so I've been leading uh, worship for the better part of 25 years now. I absolutely love uh, music and the way that it helps connect us to God, but we all know that worship is so much more than just music, and we'll be diving into that uh, throughout these episodes. But today in the studio, it's literally just me and my dog, Lila. She's a three-legged German short-haired pointer, and she's a lot of fun. You may hear her walking around in the background, her nails clicking on the hardwood floors. So that's what that is, okay? But it's just the two of us. And so, yeah, about... I don't know, five or six years ago, I did a series of 20 to 25 videos. I put them up on YouTube, just really uh, low, low key videos on my iPhone uh, called Worshipology. And I just talked about different subjects in the Bible, uh, different ways that we see worship lived out, the study of worship. And that's exactly what Worshipology is. Ology is just the study of whatever goes before it. And so worshipology is just a deep dive in all things worship. We're going to be talking about how do we, as if you're a musician or a worship leader, a creative, an artist, or, uh, you know, you play on a worship team or you sing on a worship team or a choir, you know, we're going to be talking about how do you lead worship effectively? How do you, how do you do that in the context of the church? Or maybe you're in a coffee house or a house church scenario. So we're going to be talking about that, but we're also going to be talking about for anyone out there that follows after Jesus, or maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're just interested in what does a life look like following Jesus? Hey, that is worship lived out. And so I think this is going to be a podcast where anybody can get something out of it. And I'm so excited uh, to dive into some of these uh, topics with other worship leaders. We're going to have a, a high lens on what does it mean to lead worship following the Holy Spirit. You know, I've grown up uh, in kind of more charismatic backgrounds. I, I kind of joke around and call myself a Pentecostal with a seatbelt. Uh, don't get a little, don't get, don't get too crazy and carried away, but man, I think without the Holy Spirit, you're missing it. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't just make us better than others. No, he makes us better than ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. This is a spirit-filled life that Jesus has called us to walk out. And of course, without the fruit of the Spirit, hey, I don't want to do life without love, joy, peace, patience, 
all nine of those fruits. Um, and then, of course, the gifts of the Spirit. I believe that they are still active and, uh, and still moving in God's church today. And so Spirit-filled worship is going to be kind of a unique aspect of this podcast uh, that maybe separates us from maybe what you've heard before. And so one of the things you'll probably hear me ask every one of our guests at some point is, what is Spirit-led worship to you? And how do you lead worship uh, following the Holy Spirit? So yeah, with this first podcast, I'll give you a little context of who I am. Just the Instagram version. We're not going to go super long with that Facebook. You know, when you, whenever you see that post, long post, I'm just kind of like scrolling past it. But anyway, we'll make this really short. I have been uh, leading worship since I was 13 years old. Uh, I was a worship pastor for seven years at a church in Washington, D.C. called National Community Church. I got to serve alongside uh, Pastor Mark Batterson, huge influence in my life. Uh, we did some traveling. Uh, and of course, with NCC Worship, we had an opportunity to work with Integrity Music. We did about nine or 10 records when I was up there. And then in 2017, I moved down to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where I currently am, and uh, planted a church called Bridges Nashville. We're part of the NCC network. And uh, for the last five years, just been fully focused on, man, what does it mean to disciple people in Music City? I love this place. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee has been our home, and uh, we've been focused on pastoring and planting. And then about three weeks ago, took a huge leap of faith and following the Lord's leading after about six months of prayer and uh, so much incredible counsel from pastors and mentors in my life, made a decision uh, to really step into what I feel like the Lord is calling me in this next season, full-time worship and music ministry. And the church is going great. We have a new lead pastor. The staff is awesome. I cannot wait to see what comes next for Bridges Nashville. But for me, I know that worship teaching and focusing on resourcing God's kingdom with the lens of worship is what this next season is all about. Uh, that is really how I got here. And I, I absolutely love worship. I love teaching on worship, leading worship. And so worshipology is kind of the fruit of all of that. Uh, I did a camp uh, online for worship leaders a couple years ago, and that really inspired me to get to where we are today. In fact, a lot of the guests during that camp uh, will appear on this podcast. And then I've got a book coming out later this year, uh, fall of 2022, called Worshipology. So keep an eye out for that. It's kind of a follow-up to a book that I released with David C. Cook back in 2016 called Soundcheck. And so where Soundcheck is probably more testimony-based, uh, I would say Worshipology is more textbook-based. And so keep an eye out for that. It's going to come out later on in this year, 2022. And uh, last but not least, I am a songwriter uh, and a producer here in Nashville. So big shock, right? They say you shake a tree in Nashville and 20 guitarists fall out. That would be me. And so I love to write songs. I love to uh, produce songs. And I'm really kind of... Uh, I have a special place in my heart for the hymns, and so I work with a label here in Nashville, a division called Simple Hymns, where we take old hymns and kind of give them a modern-day facelift and put them out there, and I'm working on a couple different projects with that. But my favorite title, my favorite job role, if you could call it that, is husband and dad. I've been married to my wife, Sarah, for 17 years, and then we've got two amazing, loud kids, uh, Nora and Moses, 10 and 8 years old, and of course, our three-legged dog, Lila. Uh, but yeah, with our time that we have left today, and just a heads up, these podcasts, we're going to aim for about 30 to 40 minutes of just hanging out together. I figure that's about enough time to 
you know, drink that cup of coffee out on your, your, your deck or maybe uh, fill you up on your lunch break. And so we're going to aim for that half hour to 40 minute time frame uh, with each of these podcasts. And so today with the time that we have left, man, I really just want to share about a passage that has always meant so much to me uh, out of the Old Testament and especially how it comes to uh, living and leading a life of worship. And it comes out of Deuteronomy. And, and before I dive into the passage, it's Deuteronomy 10, verses 8 and 9. Uh, before I do that, little context here. You know, Moses, he had led the people of Israel out of Egypt. They've walked uh, through the, the wilderness, the desert. And, and as he's going through this exodus with the people of Israel, uh, God obviously gives him the Ten Commandments and gives the, the people of Israel this new culture, this new way of life. You see, I really believe that when God got the Israelites out of Egypt, the biggest work was to get Egypt out of the Israelites and to teach them who they were, teach them their identity as the people of God. And so Moses, as this great leader uh, over these 12 tribes of Israel, he, he kind of sets the tone for what worship looks like in the Old Testament. And this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 10 is so beautiful. Here's what it says. This is out of the NIV version. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister, and to pronounce blessings in his name as they still do today. That is why the Levites have no share or inheritance among their fellow Israelites. The Lord is their inheritance as the Lord your God told them. Okay, wow. This is going to be kind of like drinking from a fire hose because there's so much that comes in just these two verses. I want to first pull apart verse eight because it has three keys that I think are so powerful for how we live every single day, especially as worship leaders and worship teams. Check this out. The tribe of Levi was set apart. Uh, I, I like to say that they're kind of like the first church staff, right? I mean, the Levites were in charge of setting up the tabernacle. Uh, they were in charge of all of the offerings and the sacrifices at the altar. Kind of the first people in, last people out for all my production guys that are listening on this thing, right? Uh, they were like the first church staff. And so maybe if you've heard the term modern day Levites, which I grew up uh, in a church that uh, definitely used that phrase quite a bit. And it's really just a throwback to the tribe of Levi and a tribe that was very focused on worship. And as you can see in verse nine, it actually says that they had no share uh, of their inheritance with the fellow Israelites. And that's a huge deal because everybody else is kind of getting uh, different plots of land as they go on this conquest uh, and, and they conquer all of these different territories. And uh, But the Levites, hey, they had no share. Why? It says because the Lord was their inheritance. And that's so special. You know, I think we live in a day and age where like everybody is after something. You know, we all want something in this life. We, we got like, you know, quote unquote, the American dream and we're trying to, you know, achieve X, Y and Z and whatever that is for you. It's great to have goals. It's great to have dreams. But you have to realize like that's not the end all be all. The Lord has to be your ultimate inheritance. And for the tribe of Levi, that's exactly what this promise is saying. But verse eight, it's got such amazing uh, insights, three different things. You know, it tells the, the Levites they need to carry the Ark of the Covenant. What did that represent? Well, it represented God's presence, right? I mean, the Ark of the Covenant, wherever that Ark was, God's blessing was. And you remember the story where, uh, you know, it's taken away from the Israelites and, and they start to lose battles. And David's like, we got to get the Ark back because without God's presence, we are not 
going to win, okay? So the Ark of the Covenant represents God's presence. So the tribe of Levi was called to carry the presence of the Lord. Number two, they're called to stand before the Lord and minister. That's huge. And then the third thing is to pronounce blessings in his name. And I love this little phrase that you'll see on some Old Testament passages as they still do today. Take that for what it is. I love to read that. It's like, man, this is something that we can't miss in our current day and age. So let's unpack these three things. Carrying the presence of the Lord. You know, I love the book, uh, The Presence of God by A.W. Tozer. If you've never read that, man, I highly encourage. One of the best reads. I read it every single year, cover to cover. It's a quick read too, uh, but it's just filled and chalked with highlighter. And, uh, you know, one of the things that he talks about is the difference between the omnipresence of God you know, there is nowhere that God is not, right? Psalm 139, you know, we read that, you know, he's in the highest heights, the lowest depths. There's everywhere uh, covered by the omnipresence of God. But then A.W. writes about the manifest presence of God. And that's like where you just know that there's something different about the atmosphere. God is here. He is present. He is making himself known. You know, I love the song, Holy Spirit by the Torwaltz. And they talk about, let us become more aware of your presence. I think that's one of the biggest prayers that we can have in everyday living, right? God, help us to become more aware. Where are you moving? Where are you leading? And how can I come into alignment and agreement uh, with your presence today? You know, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, carrying the presence of the Lord for us is so huge. Like when you walk into a room, are you saying, hey, everybody, here I am? Or is the whole room like, man, there they are? You know, because there's a difference when you walk into the room and you're carrying the presence of God filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the atmosphere should just change, right? I love this phrase, uh, Heidi Scanlon, pastor of prayer at National Community Church. She would often say, operate uh, in the opposite spirit. And, and I think when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you do operate with a different spirit, right? But operating in the opposite spirit, here's what that means. If you are in a workplace that's filled with anxiety, what if you operated with peace? You know, if you find yourself maybe on a worship team where there's just a lot of animosity and fighting and arguing over silly things, what if you operated with a spirit of unity and you just brought uh, more cohesiveness and collaboration into that environment? Operate in the opposite spirit. We got to carry the presence of God wherever we go because the presence of God is the difference maker in our lives. I mean, the presence of God is the most important thing uh, in my life. I don't know where I'd be without God's presence with me. And surely I know that wherever we are, that he goes with us, right? I mean, Emmanuel, when Jesus came, I love this phrase, you know, at, at Bethlehem, he's God with us. At Calvary, he's God for us. And at the day of Pentecost, he's God in us. So all of those say that the presence of God is with us. So we have the opportunity today to carry the presence of God with us in our workplaces, if you're a student, in your classroom, and especially in the church. Carry the presence of the Lord. So that was the first thing that the Levites were, were commanded to do here. The second thing is to stand before the Lord to minister. Okay, now I, I don't really hear the term minister a lot. My dad always says, hey, where are you going this weekend to minister? Uh, it's kind of an old school word. I always say, hey, where am I going to lead worship or preach or, or teach or whatever? But minister is so huge. It actually comes from the Hebrew word lacerato. I'm sure I'm probably botching that pronouncement, but it just means to serve. And so the Levites were called to serve the Lord. 
you know, I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in like, you know, chord charts and, and plugging the DIs in and make sure we get everything. And we're like hustling and bustling. And often that can lead to like a bit of stress, right? I mean, how many of us, if we're honest, let's raise our hands from wherever you are, unless you're driving, keep them on the wheel. But how many of us uh, get stressed out when we go in to lead worship or when we're, you know, rehearsing with a band and, and it becomes more about us than it becomes about God. Like if you're stressing out, you know, where the spirit leads, he leads to freedom. He leads to liberty and peace. So if we're stressing out and we're getting anxious. I think it comes back to us and, and, and something that our focus and our, our mindset is not in the right place. But when we realize that worship is about ministering to the Lord, like serving the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like that's one of the quintessential verses for worship that Jesus gave us. We cannot let it be about anything other than serving the Lord. And yes, when you have that mindset, you do wanna bring excellence. You wanna bring your best because he is a king and he's worthy of our very best. But make sure that worship is about serving God. Because out of that serving him, love the Lord your God, the second part of that commandment, right, is loving others as yourself. And so out of serving the Lord, you're really able to serve others and serve your church and serve your family and serve those who God's called you to minister to better. So that's number two. So we've got carrying the Ark of the Covenant, aka the presence of God. We've got standing before the Lord to minister or to serve, to love God before everything else, right? And then that third part, to pronounce blessings in his name as they still do today. Pronouncing blessings. So as a worship team and as a worship leader, are the songs that you're picking and choosing, are they pronouncing blessings over God's people? I think that's such a huge opportunity that sometimes, I mean, hey, I'm guilty. I've missed it before where I haven't pronounced blessings in his name. I think, you know, we have an identity crisis in our culture. People don't know who they are. And so they're searching for identity everywhere they can find it. And trust me, the world is putting out a product that is not their God-given identity, okay? And when we can realize that our identity lies in the Father's heart, it, it, it's found in the presence of God, we can understand what these blessings mean to pronounce blessings in his name. And I want to call you blessed and highly favored. I want to sing over people and just tell them, hey, you are loved by God. You are chosen. You are more than conquerors. Man, and just read Romans 8, like literally one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, and you can see all about identity, right? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're more than conquerors. I mean, it's just filled with who we are through the Holy Spirit. I mean, man, what a powerful chapter. We get an opportunity to pronounce blessings in his name. So don't miss that when it comes to choosing songs and when it comes to just hanging out with people. Man, one of my favorite things to do is just give compliments. And I know compliments isn't exactly like pronouncing blessings, but I think it's partly related. You know, I just want to tell people, man, you're awesome. Hey, I love you, man. I love that shirt or just something simple, you know, even a smile. I think today, especially coming out of uh, these last couple of years where like isolation was a real thing. And I mean, when you're walking down the street, you can kind of tell like people just avoid eye contact these days. So a smile goes a long way. Eye connection goes a long way. Connect with the congregation. Connect with the people that you have an opportunity to lead. And get out of the green room. Go and meet some people. Pronounce blessings, okay? So I hope that encourages you. Just a, just a little snapshot, a little thought from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. 
And that's really what worshipology is going to be. We're going to take scriptures that maybe you've read a thousand times, but you never thought about it in a certain context, or maybe you just like glanced over it, or maybe you've never even read that passage. And I, I love doing that as a pastor, as a Bible teacher. I like to find these amazing passages in the Word of God, unpack them a little bit, and kind of read them through the lens of a worship leader, worship pastor. So I cannot wait for where this season is going to go. Uh, next episode, I'm going to be talking with Dustin Smith. You don't want to miss that. He is a hoot. He's a blast. And I know this first episode is a little bit shorter than that 30 to 40 minute time frame, but just wanted to give you a little snapshot of what's coming up this season. What is this podcast all about and what you can look forward to? You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.